welcome back to For Folk's Sake. I'm your host, Paige, and today we have no guest. It's just me. Just me in my closet. I've decided that I just want to talk about my journey so far. I feel weird saying journey because usually people be like, oh, my journey. But it kind of does feel like an appropriate word because I literally talk to people about their journey. And I guess I'd never really thought until my interview with Haley last week, which if you haven't listened to that yet, go give that a listen. It was super fun. But she asked me these questions about the process it took me to come up with my podcast and how I kind of got things started and it made me realize that I don't think I've ever really explained myself and I'd never even really thought of it as a process or as a journey. I just kind of was like, okay, like I have all this knowledge. I want to gain more knowledge. I should start a podcast where I talk to people and learn from them and their experiences. I never really thought of it as this like tangible journey I was going on. Like, that was never the intention, I guess. But maybe in a way it was an intention. I don't know. Anyway, so today I kind of wanted to talk about, like, why I wanted to start for folks' sake, how I got started, and just kind of that whole system. So I thought the best way to explain why I wanted to start for folks' sake, or maybe this is kind of how it all got started as well, is that when mothers talk about their children, I feel like they kind of say the same things, where it's like, oh, my child is so loving. Oh, my daughter, she's so beautiful and smart, you know. My mother would tell anyone from the age of, like, four that I could sit down and have a conversation with anyone, and she always told me that that was one of my, her, one of her favorite things about me was that it didn't matter if I was talking to like somebody at church who was a lot older or like my brother's friends or anyone like I could just sit down and have a conversation and that never really felt like a skill that I had to develop I just genuinely wanted to talk to people and that was another thing is that when I was a child I was always labeled as annoying yes annoying what a what a word. I think when I was a teenager and going into college the first time, haha, I really wanted to shake that word off of me because people, oh, you're so annoying. Oh, you talk so much. Like, do you ever stop? You know, whatever. And it kind of killed my spirit. And I think I always tell my siblings, you know, I have two nieces and they're both absolutely beautiful. They're both so funny. I don't know how so much personality fits in these two little girls and they'll be like oh she was doing this or she was doing this I'm like stop like I understand parents get annoyed with their children there it is again the word annoyed but I feel like especially as girls and we could say this that for boys too definitely is like I feel like it's good for children to start in a surplus of like energy and character and personality because slowly as they're raised the world is going to beat that out of them and tell them that they're too much and they talk too much oh my god you're so annoying and I always tell them like let them start in a surplus because the world is gonna take enough of them that by the time the world's done taking enough of them you want them to still be who they are you don't want them to end up at zero maybe a 50% 60% but if they're ending ended up at zero, you know, whatever. So back to the original story. My mother always said that I could talk to anybody. It was a skill I really, not even a skill, a, a part of me that I really liked. I liked being friends with everyone. I was close to a couple people in high school, but not in the way where it was like, oh my god, you're like my best friend. I mean, I've always felt that way about my cousin Mackenzie, so maybe that's why I didn't feel like I needed like best friends in high schools because I already had a built-in best friend with my cousin. That's an interesting analysis. I'm going to look into that later. Anyway, and so I 
always wanted to be an actress when I was a kid. I told my mom all the time, like, I'm going to be famous and I'm going to do this, you know, and I want to entertain people. And I loved making people laugh. And I still to this day love making people laugh. Like I will crack a joke at every opportunity that I have because it's funny. Okay. I can be funny sometimes. And I take pride in that too, is my sense of humor. Even though it does shift a little dark sometimes, I still really enjoy it. And so my mother really, and my father, they're very nurturing of that, of me wanting to entertain and do all these things. And so my mom would drive me to Norfolk, Nebraska, which is about like a 30 or so minute drive from where I was raised. And she would take me to be in these plays that you had to audition for. And then you'd get in, you'd spend the week working with, I think the company was called like the Missoula Play Company or something like that. It was like a traveling play company. And you'd spend the week learning your lines, learning the songs, you know, the whole play. And then the weekend, you would perform it for the public, your family, you know, whoever wanted to come. So I would do that as a child. My brother was very involved in like one act and speech. And I always grew up and be like, oh yeah, his friends, they're the coolest, you know, these speech kids. And I remember going to the music room at the high school and watching them do their speeches. And I was like, this is what I want to do. Oh, it's so fun. I loved it so much. And so when I was in high school, I, you know, I did band and choir, but I also did speech and one act. So for anyone that doesn't know speech, you can do different categories. So there'd be like poetry, duet, where you'd do it with another person. You could do OID, where it was like a group of you and there were certain guidelines to each one. Some of them you could keep your script up there. Some of them you couldn't, you know, little things like that. And so um, I think I started doing a duet with one of my really good friends. Her name's Michaela. We could not take it seriously at all. We never really actually learned the script. We just um, would improv the entire thing. We never did well because I think they could tell that we had improv sometimes we'd start laughing so bad the the cue for when the speech is done you just put your head down we would just put our head down like it was just like and scene it was it was fun but looking back on it I'm like dang I wish how good I wish I would know how good we would have been if we would have been able to get over the giggles and actually came up it with like a, a tangible thing, but it was still so fun. But my senior year, I did entertainment. And so entertainment is kind of like an informative speech that you make funny. And I did How to Catch a Guy in One Date, where you're giving an informative speech and you are supposed to look like you're being very professional, very informative, educational, but it's funny, like unironically funny. And so that's what I did. I made it to state and I missed, this still bothers me to this day, I missed state finals by like one place one place and the people and also okay while we're on the topic the people who made it into finals like three out of the six of them I had beaten on a regular basis so Nebraska State Speech Association I would like a recount 2014 okay the spring entertainment if you could rerun that by me again that'd be great anyways and so I always had this love for entertaining and I wanted to start a podcast so I started it with my sister first and you know Um, We talked about mental health and I just like, even though I am interested in mental health, I was kind of getting burnt out and I was kind of like, okay, I want to do my own thing. Peace and love to my sister. She's amazing and I love her, but I wanted to do my own thing. I wanted to have like a wide variety of people instead of a niche. I don't know if, you know, they always say like, well, what's your niche? What's your niche? I'm like, I don't really want a niche. I want a 
community of like the most mixed mashed people that you can possibly have and I feel like I've done a pretty good job so far of doing that. Um, when I started the podcast, I feel like we can all admit that there's a huge separation of individuals nowadays, right? Like, nobody really likes each other. We're very, like, I wouldn't say defensive, but protective of our viewpoints, what we believe in, our belief systems. And even though there are some things that people see as non-negotiables, there's so much separation where especially with social media, it's very isolating. And then you have like a core group of friends. Well, what about all these other people over here that have these crazy, amazing stories and you're just completely missing it because maybe not your own unwillingness to listen to people, but almost like you don't get that opportunity, right? And so I thought that I would make a community of people that would not typically be together. And I always say, you're, you always can learn something from someone else. There's one thing that one person knows that you don't, and that makes that conversation worth it because you learn that one thing. You know, I'm a biology major. I love learning, even though I am kind of burned out right now. I still love learning. I love my degree. I love where my education is taking me. Don't get me wrong, but you kind of like separate yourself. You kind of stop that learning. And that's really sad to me, honestly, where people are almost like unwilling to listen to other people. They're unwilling to look at situations from, oh, the watermelon in my tummy is digesting. They're almost unwilling to listen to other people's perspectives, their opinions, and looking at it from their perspective too. And um, we all live like these super complex lives and that makes us who we are. This person didn't just walk into this room one day and just decide that's how they were. They had experiences, they had maybe some like really traumatic events or maybe happy events that shaped the way that they think. And I think that that is so, so interesting to me that maybe you could have like a twin study, right? Everyone knows what twin studies are. You know, you have two twins. One smokes and drinks for her whole life. The other one is a vegan who does yoga. Look at how different they are. So, but even though they came from the same place, you know, they came up differently. And I think about that all the time that like, even in tragic stories, sometimes I think this where it's like, you know, everyone was just once a child in their mother's arms and like getting their diapers changed and drinking formula or being like breastfed or whatever. And so it's just really interesting to me how people can kind of form and sculpt themselves based on that perspective. And that's really why I wanted to start for folks sake is because I wanted to feel like I was collecting knowledge, collecting people's stories. And honestly, there's a lot of stories that I've covered before that I almost like didn't release. I remember sitting with my good friend Haley Selledge. She's episode four, I believe, or maybe episode three. I'll have to check that. I think it's four. And, um, you know, she had a really... I The only word that comes up for it is like traumatic childhood. So traumatic. But if you just met her in a room, she is always smiling, always bubbly. Do you need something? You know, she's so kind and protective. I remember during some of the worst days of my life, her being consistently calling me every morning being like, okay, so what are we doing today? What do you need? Do you need me to not call you for the rest of the day? Do you want me to call you every hour and check on you? Do you want to come over for dinner? You know, she's just one of those people who puts others before herself. And you would have never guessed that her 
story was as complex and kind of dark as it really is and like getting the honor to like even though she is my friend like one of my best friends I mean her daughter is my goddaughter I love her to death oh Annabella one day she'll be on the podcast too I can't wait but being given the honor to carry someone's story and present it in a way is very like beautiful but nerve-wracking at the same time because you're kind of like wow like this is heavy and I am about to push schedule on my laptop and then it's out. It's out to the world and you know the second you put something on the internet that it's it's done. It's not leaving. Once you put something on the internet, guys, it's a great lesson for teenagers. It's there forever. So just getting the honor to like hold people's stories and collect people's stories and the information they learned and the the lessons they learned and gaining that perspective has made it so worthwhile and has completely fulfilled my desire into wanting to start for folks sake. So, so I really am truly appreciative of all of that. So here's another question that really kind of took me back from Haley's interview is like how I got started doing a podcast. There's a lot of like people who have messaged me before being like, I'm really interested in starting a podcast. How did you get started? And honestly, I think I miss the mark on those questions sometimes. And thankfully enough, I have good enough friends to be like, okay, ADHD brain, like, no, that's not really what I asked, but thank you. And so I knew after I um, had kind of told my sister, like, I kind of want to, like, do my own thing, you know, whatever, and she was super supportive of that, which is great. I knew that I wanted to collect people's stories and have, you know, sometimes I talk to, um, I talk, like, I talk to Amanda. She's a beekeeper. How cool is that? I talked to Lisa. She does yoga. I've talked to Jasmine, and she is a first-generation immigrant. Like, I didn't want to have it so narrowed down that I was only talking to one type of person because honestly I would get bored. I mean it is super interesting and fun to learn from people but like honestly I would get so flipping bored and I even when I came up well when I finally thought of the name for folks sake well I didn't think of it actually my friend thought of it so shout out to her. I thought about where I was like oh for folks sake that's kind of funny like everyone kind of knows what that's like not an into window because I think into window is like a sexual nature but like what that kind of portrays to in a way and I was like what if I had everyone come on and they just talked about a moment in their lives where they just wanted to say like FFS for folks sake you know but obviously we're not saying folks but you know for folks sake but I was like no because then I, I don't really know like where that could go I mean a lot of people could feel that way in a lot of different situations and like what if that's not something that I want to like put out because I do definitely almost like vet the guests that I have on the store show as well kind of like I said on my interview with Haley is I have to look at their profile and if I can think of five questions right off the top of my head that I have for them I try to like start talking to them to make sure that I like click with them on a personality level too and so I was kind of looking through trying to figure out who I wanted and I decided that no I can't just do for folks sake moments I want to do more I want to do things that are related to science you know in the next couple weeks sneak peek I'm focusing a lot on like women's health. Um, I've had like a hormone specialist. I'm going to talk to someone about like sexual wellness. You know, there's so, so many things in that own little genre that like I will focus on that topic, but I'm not going to focus on it forever, right? 
So I knew that there were different concepts that I kind of had to battle between. And one of the first names that I actually thought of for the podcast was just folks talking, but I honestly hated that and it doesn't sound good. I mean, you may think it sounds good, but it didn't sound good to me. Actually, my intro music, whenever I import it into an audio file, it still says just folks talking intro music because until the day before I made my Instagram, that's what the podcast was called. But I had told a friend like, I just, I'm not vibing with it. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like me. It kind of like doesn't roll off the tongue very well. And that's when she proposed either no folks given or for folks sake. And I was, once I saw for folks sake come on my phone, I was texting her. I was like, oh my gosh, that's the name of my podcast. Okay, great. Thank you so much for your assistance. Greatly appreciated. And so for a while, I had the idea that I would just only interview my friends, right? And I would make it like a friends group thing where like I would have maybe the same 10 people kind of rotate through. We'd talk about different things. And the whole concept would be like you're sitting on the couch with your friends. It just so happens to be a microphone that's turned on and recording while you're having this conversation. And it would give you the vibe of being at a sleepover with your friends. That's That was the first idea that I had. But then I was like, okay, but my whole thing is that I don't want to narrow myself. I want to have like this mismatched community and I don't think I could achieve that by only having my friends. I mean, do I have my friends on? Yes, a lot of my guests are my friends, which is what makes it super fun is because, you know, with friends you have things in common and I don't know, it's just fun to have your friends on. It's fun and I have fun friends and they're funny and they're super interesting, so why not, you know? Well, then I also had the idea, which I still kind of battle on this to this day. So like I said earlier, I had noticed that there was a lot of separation in individuals. We can say it's due to the 2016 election. We could say that it's due to like morals and whatever. We could say it's due to anything. I'm not here to debate what it's due to. I'm just stating the fact that it's present in the world and nobody can deny that. And so my first idea, which... I don't know about this one, is that I would have be a mediator between two people who have separate perspectives. Let's use a hot button topic right now, abortion. I would have, I would have an individual who is pro-choice and I would have an individual who is pro-life and I would act as a mediator where I would set guidelines. Let's say it's, it's two women because honestly, I would not have a man on my podcast to talk about that topic that's inappropriate and irrelevant. Anyway, <laughs> I would have two women and I would set guidelines where I'd say, we are here to have a constructive conversation. We are here to honor each other's perspectives and we are here to see each other's side of the stories. We're not here to convince the other person, but we're here to explain our thinking on the topic. There will be no disrespect. There'll be no name calling. If you start yelling, get out. Like, you're done. Like, very strict guidelines to, you know, kind of set the tone of, like, we are here to have a productive conversation. We are not here to belittle each other as women. We are not here to belittle each other as people. And, like, you know, I'd have, like, rules almost, like a rule list that was set up at the very beginning. And then I would just let them talk. And I'd be there to moderate and I'd be there to say, kind of push that conversation forward and challenge the other person's thinking. And so I really did think about calling my podcast Bridging the Divide, where each week I would have two people who have differing perspectives on a on a topic come and talk about their topic in like a very controlled, respectful, emphasis on the respectful environment. And then I realized 
that that could go wrong very fast. And even though it is something that I would love to absolutely touch on and do one day, I just, it wasn't the idea that like floated. I, I did come up with my round table ideas, have a couple round tables coming up. I had my first round table with my friends, um, Allie, Angie, and Allison, the A's. We talked about uh, being a woman in the workplace, being a mom in the workplace, being a young person, young woman in the workplace. And that was almost pretty close to what I was saying, except that was very like you're just sharing your experiences but I feel like the idea of bridging the divide would have been more politically and like strongly emotional and I was just not really digging that idea I mean there was a thing in me where I was like yes 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 I want to do this oh my gosh it sounds so great but at the end of the day man I was just scared I mean I think the thing that scared me out of that concept was fear fear of like backlash on someone being like I can't believe you let this other person in here and this is how they think and you're attached to that because uh, you know there's always going to be one person in that room that I agree with and sometimes when people get kind of rude and they're like insulting the way I feel or the way I think even if it's not about the opposite person in the room I feel like I would have had a hard time being like okay let's get one thing straight you know and I don't know if I wanted to do that I wanted to talk to people about um interracial adoption I wanted to talk about abortion I wanted to talk about um LGBTQ matters things of that nature but I'm also I don't know if I'm really the right person to hold those conversations conversations, you know? I am a cisgender heterosexual woman. I don't really know if a lot of those topics that I even deserve a voice in, and so that's why I didn't call the podcast Bridging the Divide. That's why I didn't use that concept. Um, I would like to do something like that, but it would have to be in an environment and with people and with intentions that I really make sure uh, come out the right way that I want to because the last thing I would ever want to do is like make someone upset in the way where it's like why are you the person that's you know doing this if that makes sense and so that's why bridging the divide did not get born so um so when I got started with the podcast the first thing I had to do after I finally figured out the name I was so happy I went and made my Instagram I made my Gmail and you have to put in for like licensing and so I put in for licensing and when I had done the podcast with my sister the licensing took about 21 days I want to say so I was like okay perfect I'll get this Instagram and I'll be like uh, uh, like ready to go, you know, whatever. Um, when you put in for licensing, you do have to record an introductory episode. And I was kind of like, I just recorded it on my phone. I didn't have my microphone yet. Thank Lord. We'll tell the story about the microphone later, but I didn't have my microphone yet. So I did it as a voice memo. Honestly, I had my iPhone. iPhone microphones are actually impeccable. So if you want to start a podcast without really putting in the money first, just use your iPhone, dude. Like it'll, it'll be fine. And so, um, I just made this like quick kind of awful introductory episode and I put it on the application. I shut my laptop. I walked away the next morning. I opened my laptop. Actually, it was two days later. I opened up my laptop, looked at my email, and I had already gotten accepted, and I felt panic. I knew I had the list made already of all the people I wanted to talk to, but there was just, like, this sense of, like, panic and almost inadequacy that I wasn't prepared for my application to get approved that quickly, and so I kind of started panicking, and I was going to Nebraska, so I knew it'd be a great time to interview some people from Nebraska, so I interviewed my dad. I interviewed Taryn. We all 
all know Taryn. Cheers for Taryn. And I interviewed another individual as well. That interview didn't go the way that we both were kind of hoping for. And so that one never made it to air and it never will. And you'll never know what was said. (laughs) I'm just kidding. And so I had those two episodes. I knew I wanted to talk to Jazz. I knew I wanted to talk to Haley. And so I just made a couple posts where I was like, uh, uh, announcement coming soon. And I went for it and it actually went pretty well. I had pretty good like reception at first. Everyone loves Taryn. So it was really cool to see her community kind of like cheering behind her. And I think that's also a really cool thing about my concept is having different people each week is I've gotten to meet and talk to people that I would have never known, would have never met if it wouldn't have been for the connection that my guest made initially. And that's something that I am truly grateful for is that like not only am I getting to like carry and like almost collect these stories from my guests, but I get to meet their friends. I love meeting new people. I love talking to people. I love it. I love it. And getting to meet new people every week is so fun for me. And so I am really appreciative of that too. And so I just started interviewing people. I kind of started finding my rhythm. I There's a couple things I needed to change and I would in no way say that I'm an expert in it, but I am feeling more confident in it. I've done this entire recording, I mean, in one take. The first mini episode that I did by myself, my first solo episode, it took me five because you just get nervous and you don't know what to do. But I would definitely say I'm not an expert, but my confidence has built. So that's always good. Okay, so the microphone story. The microphone story is Paige never feels adequate. <laughs> Paige never feels... I, actually, why would I say that? I am adequate. I just sometimes don't really feel that way. I think a lot of people can relate to that where you're just like, I'm going to fail. I mean, I go to school. I have a very good GPA. I'm very proud of my GPA because I've worked very hard for it. But if someone dare calls me smart or hardworking or something, I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. There's like other people who are smarter than me. There's other people who are more hardworking, but I won't count myself in that arena, if that makes sense. And so I had done a lot of research on microphones and the microphones that I wanted. I knew that I wanted this Yeti because it has like different audio patterns and like, I don't know, it's really cool. And I had seen this other girl um do a podcast and that was the one she used and so I was like well if it's approved by her then it's approved by me so we go to Best Buy me and Andrew my sweet husband we go to Best Buy I get the microphone that I want I go up to the cash register and I am frozen because it's not super expensive in the world of microphones but it was still more than I'd ever spent on myself in a way in a project and I was just so scared that I would I think it was I want to say it was like $140 right $140 isn't a ton of money but it is money and I was so I didn't want to spend it I didn't want to spend it at all I was like I'm not doing this I can't know and I didn't believe in myself in that moment to even look at myself and my vision and my dream as worth $140. But guess who did? My husband. And so even though our money comes out of the same account, he pushed me out of the way. He used his debit card. He bought me the warranty plan because he's a king and bought me the warranty plan. And we went home and I... I don't know. I couldn't believe it. I just stared at it. I had a friend come over and we were like testing the different audio patterns and it was so fun. And I just, 
now looking back, being almost 30 episodes in, thinking that, you know, my journey and, like, my my interviews and my process and my podcast as a whole wasn't worth $140 startup cost is kind of sad. It kind of makes me sad where I'm like, geez, Paige, like, where's your confidence, girl? Like, it could have, what, what are you doing? So that's the microphone story. The microphone story is that Paige froze and Andrew took over, which I think happens a little bit more than I'd like to say, but I don't know. One thing that I am super appreciative of the podcast is all the people I've met. I come from an area in Nebraska where I graduated 12 kids in my class. There were 600 people in the town total, one of them being Andrew. Haha. <laughs> and um, coming up to Washington was kind of hard for me at first, you know. I, uh, I'm not going to cry. Why do I feel like I'm going to cry? Okay, I might cut that out. I'm not going to cut that. I'm doing this in one take. I'm a genius. I'm an expert. When I came up to Washington, I just felt kind of lost. And um, I was in this new place with millions of people. I was in Washington for two weeks with Andrew before he went to a school for six months and he didn't have his phone. I would talk to him for 30 seconds every 30 days. So for each day, each 24-hour period that we were apart, we only talked for one second. And that was so hard. And I was, I felt so lost without a sense of community in a way. Thankfully, I started my job at Nordstrom and that's how I met some of the beautiful babies that you've met today, um, including Dana and Kinsey and Brie. And I started to start feeling like I was having a community again, you know, coming from such a small town, you rely on each other so much because like the nearest large resources are 30 miles away. So you, um, you know, you kind of have to rely on people. And I started to feel like I was able to rely on people. But it was just, even though I love those girls, I wanted to be a part of like a large community. And I feel like that's something that for folks sake has given me is that sense of community, that sense of messaging someone and being like, hey, I looked at your profile. You're super interesting. Do you want to meet for coffee? And we can maybe talk about the possibility of doing a recording. And they'll say, oh, I see that so-and-so follows you. They're my friend. I know them through this. And X, Y, and Z. And it just is finally giving me that sense of community again that I never thought in a place this big with this many people that I would ever feel again. And it's so, so nice to feel that once more. To feel like in a sea of people, I still have found a sense of community But it's crazy because I found that sense of community in mismatched people, which was my goal the whole time, was to build a community of people who you might not even think would ever, you know, you put them all in a room and you'd be like, why are there 20 different personality types in this room? But they all have one thing in common. They all have one thing in common, that they trusted me with their stories and they trusted me to carry the complexities of their experiences and their personalities and their their perspectives and to me that feels like such a great honor that if I get to 30 episodes and I for some reason the sun falls out of the sky and that's all it is I feel so happy to say that I I finished my goal of having a community and having um completed my goal, have completed what I set out to do. And to me, that has made this entire experience, this entire process completely worth it. And I just, I'm not trying to be sappy, but I just love you guys so much. And I mean, I get so much support each week of like, 
you know, I release my episodes on Mondays or Tuesdays. <laughs> you know me, procrastinating. But most of the time it's on Mondays, sometimes it's on Tuesdays. But, um, you know, Monday morning when I wake up, I most of the time have at least 10 text messages from people who have already listened to the episode within the first five hours of launch that are either singing my praises or they're giving me constructive criticism, which I also do love. And it just, it makes me feel good. I love making other people have that like entertainment fact. I love making other people laugh. I love learning with other people. I love gaining knowledge. And the thought that I am like somehow a part of your day, even though maybe I haven't seen you in such a long time or you don't even know me, you've never even met me in person. I've gotten so many messages from people I've never even met. They're like, I love your podcast. I love this. And it's just like this crazy feeling of like, I don't know, like just joy and happiness. That's the only two words that I can think of is joy and happiness. And I'm just really appreciative. And yeah, you guys are like my little folks. And I just, you're great. You're all great. You're all amazing. And you all deserve all the happiness in the world. So I'm going to wrap this up before I start getting super sappy because that's not really my gig. And you guys have a good day. And I'll talk with you soon. Bye.